but he's understanding and then he's transitioning. He's not just having a thought and freaking out and going to run away or distract. See the difference? It's like sitting with it. It's like in previous episodes, I've explained the big scary monster in the closet that when you open it, it's a teddy bear, right? Like when you look at something face on, it becomes less scary because you realize it's really not that scary. Hey guys, welcome to the What I Love About Men podcast. My name is Steph Ganowski, and as a men's coach, I'm on a mission to help men prioritize themselves, take ownership over their challenges, set boundaries in their relationships, and much more, all while adding a female touch and perspective. I hope this podcast helps you. We need you men. And as a woman, I'm rooting for you. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Men podcast. I am in California right now at my girlfriend's house, sitting on the couch with a little kitten on me. So that is why I'm on the quiet side. (laughs) But I do want to talk about handling your negative thoughts and just give you a process to do that. Because what I see a lot of you guys do or what I hear that you do is you have a negative thought come over you and you just kind of stop right there. And you'll say something like, oh, I need to stop thinking like this. Or fuck, it's this thought. Or shit, I, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't say that. Or or just simply avoiding it or distracting yourself from it so that you don't sit and dwell on it. However, when you do all of those things or either of those things, you are not actually training your mind to handle the thought correctly. For instance, by you just shutting down the thought or ignoring the thought, it's going to keep coming up, right? Because your brain is in a pattern. Your mind has now either become addicted to the thought or addicted to the emotion that the thought brings. So it will keep coming until you give it a path of direction. And I was telling my client this today because he was talking about his ex who often comes on his mind. And he said, you know, I just tell myself, I asked him, what do you do when she comes in your mind? And he said, I just tell myself I need to stop thinking about her. And I go and do some other stuff. And I find myself often socializing a lot more and having that be a way to avoid being alone and dealing with the thoughts. Um, So in which case I told him, you can't just avoid it, right? Like you have to give the thought a path of direction, which means starting a new habit of where that thought takes you so that the brain knows what you want to do in that moment when you have that thought, right? So if you're creating this pattern of having the thought and then going to distraction, that's teaching your brain, all right, whenever we, whenever we get this thought, we're just going to go jump up and do something. We shouldn't be alone. So it's reacting out of fear of the thought or out of discomfort of the thought. When you don't want to be uncomfortable about your thoughts because that's when they control you, right? They, your thought will have a sense of control over you if there's any fear attached or any discomfort with you being by yourself in your head. Because essentially that's, that's life. It's your thoughts and therefore your actions that come from your thoughts. So what you want to do is not run from the thought, not avoid the thought, but like I said, give it a path of direction. And what that means, and we'll use my client as an example here, is if he is to think about his ex and say she comes up in his mind, instead of him saying, I just need to stop thinking about her and getting up and distracting himself, he would say, Okay, why am I thinking about her right now? What is it I miss about her? Okay, what is it about the relationship that makes sense we're not compatible? And maybe it was great, but I know we're we're not meant to be. It's not compatible. 
And what I'm really excited about for my future relationship is this. Yeah, okay. Now he has direction, right? So he was in a place he didn't want to be. He brought more awareness to it, asking himself why, why he was in that frame of mind, why he had that thought, validated himself, and then took his thought process to somewhere that excites him or works for him, right? So it's understanding that you can be in a place of a thought that doesn't work for you, but then you want to go down the path of ending with something that does work for you so that you're no longer running from your own mind. You're not running from yourself. You know, you're not fearing your mind. You're not fearing your thoughts. You're not uncomfortable with your thoughts if you can handle them, right? So handling them, meaning look at them, understand them, and know how to bring them to a place that works for you, not against you. So see how this makes a big difference and see how this allows him to train his brain and his mind to go to a place of thinking of her, understanding why he's thinking of her, giving himself some validation for thinking that way, um, understanding why he's no longer with that person, and bringing anticipation into the mix of looking forward to someone he will be with or someone he will be compatible with. And that's a place we want to be, right? We want to bring our head space to anticipation of good things, excitement, things that work for us, our goals, think, things that make us happy. And don't, um, what I want you guys to understand is not, uh, don't misconstrue this message for, oh, just whenever you're thinking something negative, think of something happy. That's not going to work, right? You can't just, you can't, that's a distraction, that's another form of distraction. If you're not feeling happy and you have a thought that makes you feel sad and you just think of something happy and you think that's going to get rid of that thought pattern coming up again and again and again, it's not. And if anything, it's going to hide your emotions and it's just going to dig this real feeling deeper and deeper into the point where you're subconsciously reacting based on insecurity because you never dealt with that emotion or that thought. All right, that went a little deep. <laughs> but that's hopefully you understand what I'm saying when I say that. Um, so it's about not just flipping something happy, but transitioning to something that works for you. Doesn't necessarily have to be happy. Maybe he doesn't want to end on, with excitement or anticipation. Maybe he wants to end with something else that works for him. You know, he could, for instance, take the thought of understanding why he's not with this person anymore and then going to a thought process of, um, Okay, what's good for me right now? Working out. All right, I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna go get a work on it. Workout in right now. So is, he's not just distracting himself from. Oh, I'm feeling sad. I better go work out so that I don't feel sad. It's more understanding why he's feeling sad, understanding what he needs at that moment, and once he understands his need and he validates the sadness, then he asks himself what he needs in that moment based on that, and then if that need is working out because that's something that works for him. And in that moment, he knows that's best for himself and best for making himself better. Then he goes and does a workout. But he's understanding and then he's transitioning. He's not just, he's not just having a thought and freaking out and going to run away or distract. See the difference? It's like sitting with it. It's like in previous episodes, I've explained the big scary monster in the closet that when you open it, it's a teddy bear, right? Like when you look at something face on, it becomes less scary because you realize it's really not that scary. 
But we have to give ourselves time and give the space to allow the emotion to hit us in the face <laughs> and like, so that we can look at it and understand it, right? We can't like shove it away uh, or run away from it. So that's just a way of dealing with the emotion and not trying to escape it. And whenever you have a negative thought, a really good question to ask yourself is, is this really true? Because most of the time the answer is no, it's not true. But we have a habit of asking ourselves, uh, we have a habit of going into negative thoughts and just automatically believing it's truth, it's reality, when really it's just a fear. It's just a discomfort. It's just anxiety. It's just depression. And these lead to thoughts that create new belief systems in us the more we replay them again and again, right? Because that's what a belief system is. The more you think about something, it becomes a belief system. Um, and when you do this, you start, that affects your, you know, like I always say, that affects your, your personality, your attitude on a daily basis. And it all stems from what do you keep repeating to yourself? And how are you handling those repetitive thoughts? It's okay to go through a breakup and think about someone every single day for maybe a month because uh, you had an intimate connection with them and you really love them and you cared about them. It's okay to think about them a lot, but what is that thought process like? Are you thinking about them and then just feeling extremely depressed and grabbing a beer and then going out with your friends um, to distract and then come home and feeling depressed again? Or are you thinking about them, trying your best to think about what they taught you, think about what they added to your life, think about what exactly you miss about them and what you're, what you're afraid to let go and why you're afraid to let go of that. Like This is a different way of dealing with the emotion, right? And it, what makes it different is you're sitting with it and you're understanding it. You're not avoiding or ignoring or running. And it becomes really apparent when someone does avoid and run because that's when they have defensive quick reactions to things that don't necessarily need a defensive emotional reaction. And it's because they haven't dealt with something that's very deep, they, can, they just kept covering it up, they haven't dealt with an issue, and because they kept covering it up, it shows in little ways when they have that defensive reaction to something that's totally random right? It just triggers. That's what a trigger is. Um, then someone says something that relates to how they felt about that experience they never dealt with. And because they never dealt with it, there's still a strong emotional attachment. So they don't know what to say or how to react if someone pulls out a piece of it and they freak out. And that's why, you know, sometimes in conversations with people, like someone may freak out and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? They had an experience they never dealt with. And that's why they have either an immature uh, defensive, angry reaction that kind of makes no sense or is a little over the line. So it's very interesting to even ask yourself why you have uh, certain reactions after you have them. You know, I know that I, I even the other day like blew up, not blew up, I had like an immediate reaction to to my friend. And, and it was not a nice reaction and it just came out of nowhere and you know after I had it I went to the bathroom and I was just like thinking holy shit like what where did that come from and and I understood where it what it came from and it made sense of it and then I went back and I apologized 
And it was kind of just like me taking time to realize that something was out of line or that I regretted the response I chose at that moment. And then I did something about it by trying my best to make it better with her. Um, Shout out to my mom for raising me to always make it better (laughs) when I was young. And me and my brother, me and my sister got in a fight. Um, My mom would always say, you know, one of us scratched or bit the other, you know, kids. My mom would always say, make it better. Like you have to make it better. You can't just, you can't walk away. People have different opinions on this. Like some people say it's important to sleep on it and whatnot, but we were just raised to always make it better and make sure that we weren't going to bed angry with each other and that we hugged each other and really genuinely cared. So that's just kind of in me. Like if I feel like I hurt someone's feelings, I can't just let it go. Like I have to make it better. (laughs) I just think of my mom, like make it better. So anyway, uh, sidetrack. So, so yeah, um, that just gives you an understanding of, and, and that story that I just told helps you to understand also that if you do have an emotional reaction that you regret in the moment and you feel bad and you feel like time has passed, like too much time has passed and you feel awkward saying something about it or explaining why you had that reaction and then apologizing, guys, it's never too late. You know, it's never too late and you will feel so much better and so will the other person. Okay, so just just do it. Don't wait. It's more, it's actually more weight on you to not do that and not say anything um, than it is for the other person. It just feels good to make it better. (laughs) So just do it. Uh, Even if it's like two days or something awkward, it doesn't matter. Just apologize. If it felt wrong and you want to explain it or you just understood it two days later and then you wanted to say something to the person, just just do it. It's never too late. And and I tell this to guys especially. I always want to stress this with my clients. Like it's never too late because most of the time, most of my clients come, most of my clients who are in relationships, I should say, come to me when it's already too late. Like they come to me literally with the, with the, um, you know, telling me, I feel like she's going to leave me. Like she already told me she's about to leave me. What do I do? And by that point, there's so much that happened, um, that it's hard to put the pieces back together because they waited too long. Like they didn't make it better. They just kept letting things you know, build up and build up and they weren't noticing her reactions of, you know, their avoidant behavior or them avoiding the real problems. Um, and not that it's always the guy, not always the guy in that situation, but there are like women are more um, intuitive when it comes to when something's wrong. So guys may not see it as clearly as women see it. And a lot of women get pissed off at guys because it's like, how can you not tell him upset? But he really cannot tell she's upset. So there's also a body reading um, difference there that often pisses off women, I think. This is my personal opinion. I think women get extra frustrated because we are naturally better body readers than men. So when they don't ask us, you know, what's wrong, when we're obviously trying to show that something's wrong, then you know, we get upset that he's not really seeing us. It feels like we're not heard. It feels like he doesn't know us. He doesn't care, um, et cetera, et cetera. And guys will always say, why doesn't you just say it? Why are we supposed to guess? Why play the guessing game? Um, but it's just, it's fucking human nature. (laughs) This is how we are. This is how it usually happens. Um, so it's just, we both have to be as men and women, we have to be very aware of like our partnership and, and just, 
not not overly asking are you okay are you okay but but just creating some sort of system where if we are upset you know we give a specific sign to our partner that they can know right off the bat right so it's like if i go to my room and i don't talk to you for an entire you know dinner that means something's wrong <laughs> you know like even just telling someone something ahead of time like that um will be better than just assuming they should know right but i know that's it's hard to do that few people are able to do that but but when they do it works so anyways um getting sidetracked here from the negative thought patterns but i think it's it's all related right guys all of this is related and this is why i'm creating a course for men which is pretty much my one-on-one coaching just in a group setting to help men overcome um their emotional their emotional insecurities um and when when i say insecurities it's just emotional discomforts and if you can be in full control and master your emotions you master life because emotions are everything guys right like your your thoughts and your feelings are who you are and your thoughts and your feelings determine your your perspective of life and that's that's everything <laughs> that is literally everything i was um i'm reading a book right now called mindworks i just started it literally on like the second chapter but but what it was talking about was like you know, people just assume that a circumstance is what defines how we feel, right? Like you look outside and the weather is shitty and you just assume that it has to make you feel sad, right? Because most people are sad or like moody when the weather's shitty and they'll just say, oh, why is it raining again? Like this just makes my day so much worse. But then someone else may see the rain and say, wow, like, oh, thank God it's raining. The earth really needs this. And I love the rain. I want to go outside and dance in it. And I love listening to thunderstorms. And the rain is one of my favorite noises. I love being outside and like, whatever, right? So there's two different perspectives. And that's how you know it's not circumstance that determines our emotions and how we feel about things. It's our belief system. It's the inner work we do. Because when you're feeding yourself thoughts that work for you constantly, even when you get a negative thought and you change it to something that works for you, guess what? You start seeing the entire world that way. Everything just becomes a filter for how is this going to work for her? That's your brain talking. (laughs) Or my brain, I should say. Your brain is how is this going to work for him? Because you're so in the process of of making thoughts work for you or leading them in a path of direction to work for you, that when you see things and experience life, your perspective is that it's working for you because that's what you believe. You believe that in life, everything is working for you. So then what you see, what you experience, whatever circumstance you're in, ties to your beliefs. And then it, that shapes how you feel. So if you really believe everything is working for you and you see it's raining outside, you may, you may say, um, Oh, like, I'm so glad it's raining. This makes me like, this makes it easier to just, or this gives me an excuse to kick, to kick, oh my God, I can't even talk, to kick up my feet and work from home and just have a more relaxing work day. Or like, I love working while the rain is pouring outside. Um, you know, so you could look at it like it's giving you more relaxation. You could look at it, like I said, and just acknowledge the beauty of the world that you live in. Like, wow, like 
the earth really needs this rain right now. Or the sky is so pretty when it rains. I'm going to sit here and just take a moment and be in the present with this moment of the rain. So that's how you see it because that's how you train yourself to, to think. And then because you trained yourself to think that way based on your belief that everything is working for you, how do you think you feel? You feel good. You feel at peace. You feel content. You feel happy because it, it, you attach it to the belief system. If you believe that nothing works for you, then how do you think you see the rain then? You see it as like, fuck, really? It had to be today. Had to rain today. And like, you just create, create a way to release those emotions that tie to your belief. We look for reasons why we can express what we truly believe. Our brain is on the lookout and trying to focus on and find whatever matches our belief system so that we could prove it right and we could strengthen it. So you are always doing that. And that's why you have to be cautious of what thoughts are in your mind and know that no outside circumstance determines your feelings. Your inner beliefs determine your feelings. So that's another podcast episode. But just know that what creates your inner inner beliefs is repetition of thought. What do you have in your head the majority of the time? And what feelings are associated to that? Because you have those thoughts the majority of the time. That shapes your belief system. All right, guys. So I hope this helped. If you want more of this good stuff and you want to get personal with it and really take these lessons home in a personal way that relates to your life and your situation, then hop on a call with me because I have just launched Relationship Mastery for Men. I'm accepting clients currently and I would love to have you in the program. So click the link in the description or send me a DM at Steph Ganowski and that's S-T-E-P-H-G-A-N-O-W-S-K-I. I'd love to have you in the program. Can't wait for it, guys. Um, I love I love this work. I love helping you guys through this, especially the thought stuff I think is just so fucking fascinating. And I love watching my clients go through the experience and the transformation, even in a, even in three months. It is amazing to me how my clients change the way they talk, even their pitch, even like their tonality changes um, within three months time, how they talk about themselves, how they react to me. It's really cool. And they don't, they like don't notice a lot of those little shifts, but I'll point it out and they'll be like, holy shit. So it's really cool to change your thoughts when they're not working for you because you will actually notice a shift in your life for the better. So like I said, message me about the program. I'd love to have you. That's it, guys. Have an amazing morning, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world, and I'll talk to you soon. 